Hi there. Thank you for downloading uh, Caverns and Comedians. I'm Andrea, the podcast engineer. If this is the first episode you've listened to, there's usually much higher charisma people doing this introduction, but today it's just me. They've given me some things to read into a microphone, so I'm going to do that now. Hey, if you like the podcast, I've never heard it, but presumably you do. Uh, you might want to know a little more about the world, about the characters, about the cast. Uh, you can find out loads at CameronsAndComedians.com. Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr, where there's lots written about the world of Tudo uh, by our dungeon master, Kyle Scott, at CavernsPod.tumblr.com. Follow us on Facebook at Caverns and Comedians or tweet at Fook Wimbles himself. Also, our social media expert, Scott Thrower, at Caverns Pod. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and we now bring you the next episode. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, our party went to a party at the Mayoral Palace and stole a book from the mayor's desk. Having fled a party at the mayor's residence from the belly of the beast of the evil at city council, you escaped with all you have taken with you, a stolen maintenance chariot and a single book. You were at an after-party at the mayor's residence. It was for your glorious victory on the field of mage handball against a team of orcs. You had a chance to speak to the highest members of city council to learn their nefarious plans for the rising. You did not take advantage of any of these opportunities, but at least Gnome Paladin Fook Wimbles in a rare moment of clarity managed to Steal what looked to be an important tome from the desk of the mayor. How many of those people do you think were high? A goddess Stokus did her best to foil the party's plans. What is this headache that I have? Is this a hangover? Yes, it's a hangover. She's consoled by halfling rogue Finnick Fleetfoot. Uh, just stick your head out the window. And in the open-topped chariot, driven by maintenance wizard Hank Brody... Guys, we can't stay parked here too long. It's, it's obstructing traffic. Hank has pulled over the stolen chariot to the side of the road in front of the back entrance of Tannenbaum's Counting House. You are on a deserted street just a few blocks from the site of a riot instigated by the fire you caused when you won your mage handball game. You're outside the back entrance of Tannenbaum's Counting House where you are going to claim your winnings that will save... Finnick's father from sure destitution and probably murder. You have just opened the leather-bound volume using musical magics. What to say? What it actually says is utterly incomprehensible because as Fook opens the first page and the vellum that it's written on in a dark red ink is in a script he's never seen before. The only bit I can read is, If found, return to mayor. With a little heart over the O. We probably shouldn't do that, though, because then if, if we return it, he'll know that we're the ones that took it, and we, he won't be happy about that. He leaps through page after page, and it's just this incomprehensible, sinister-looking script. Well, this one looks like a little man, and he's beside a house. That's because it's a little man beside the house that you just drew on it. 
please please don't draw in the book because this is a very expensive book and it's like a magic book so you can't just draw in it you might like change the spell and then everyone will die having gone from mint to rough condition the book near the end has a single picture one that is vaguely reminiscent of something you've seen before in another book yeah just some tiefling in a window there are some key differences instead of 13 rows of sharp jagged teeth you see 13 rings of people tied to pyres on fire i don't, i don't think this is a happy book i don't think like i like reading books to my kids at nighttime but like stories i don't think this is one that i would choose ah uh, like one of these people on the pyres has a top hat on i i think maybe i'll just i'll just hold on to this book for a little bit and then i'll like you know i'm like i, I got magics uh, so i'll i'll try to learn it when we get a chance but maybe we should just stop, you know, sitting in the middle of the street with a stolen chariot. God's probably looking for us all over. We should probably just go somewhere. Once everyone climbs down off the cart, uh, Fuchs slaps the butt of the horse so that the cart moves off down the street. Goes about three steps, turns around and poops, and then just sort of wanders aimlessly the opposite direction. I think I found my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, like, the city horses are kind of lazy. It's like a, it's a culture of the bureaucracy all the horses even get it they just do the bare minimum of work so you're in the back of the building you've been to before the counting house there's a strange orange hazy glow in what would normally be a dark night sky because the Tabor Hill ground stadium that you set alight the fire has spread you can hear the sounds of chanting and shouting and screaming and whether it's violence or joy, you aren't quite sure from this distance. You know, I'm a little concerned about what's going on at the stadium since that accidental fire that was started. Yes, well, are you really concerned of what's happening to the cinders of what happened? used to be that arena? No, but I'm kind of concerned about what's going on with the people oh, around yes. there. Yes, well, people take care of themselves. I'm just going to go into the counting house because don't we have to meet the guy get all the money? Good point. Let's go get our money. Oh, yes. Where's Da? Maybe he's inside already. We don't know. That guy does what he does. Then inside we go. The door is locked as it was before and has a little slit. Knocking on it, you hear the gravelly voice of Left Eye Tenenbaum. We're closed. Yes, we're here for our weddings. Then we're double closed. Maybe we're here for that thing where we had to go in the scary place under the the grounds because you wanted us to do that. All right. I'll make you a deal. You can do that, but I won't give you your money. Um, I have a very fancy new axe that can uh, open the door for us if I'd like. Yes, he has that axe. Do all right. you like your door? All right, all right, all right. We can negotiate. All right, all right. I'll make, a, I'll make a deal with you. I'll open the door. You don't kill me. I give you your winnings, and I send you on a normal suicidal quest. That was the arrangement, I guess, yeah. But I don't really like the way you're putting it. Well, I'm okay with not killing you as long as we get our stuff. And I have a long history of being terrible at suicide missions. During this whole conversation, Finnick has been picking the lock. So Left Eye is going to try to pull the door open. He thinks there's going to be more resistance, and he accidentally smacks himself in the face as the unlocked door hits him. Ah. Uh, inside. <laughs> Finnick darts inside. All right. That's called karma. Just saying. So the counting house is largely empty. Before, it was filled with the ne'er-do-wells and the uh, gambling addicts. Right now, it has cleared out. It is You only see left eye, and the door to his office is closed. He tosses you 
a large sack. He throws it right at Fook, and it is so big because he made such a large bet that he staggered a bit by the weight of it. Ooh, I don't stagger easily. Fook, I can put that in my magic coin purse. Would oh, you no like worries. That? I've got my poop bag. What? But then it'll be covered by poop? You can put it in the coin purse. Yeah, let's do the coin all purse. Right. Okay. I gave you all copper. I hope that's okay with you. What? Why would you do that? Why, where, yes, why would you do that? That meant you'd have to count a lot more. I love counting. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, is my private bet in here as well? He tosses you a much smaller little sack. Fook drops the money into his bag of holding, which he also uses as a latrine and a way of carrying around the corpses of his victims. You know, I'm a little concerned about the, all those things mixing in that bag. Well, it's a magical bag. It knows how to keep things organized. Then why is everything always covered in poop when you take it out? Well, because I kind of jostle it around a bit. Right, I don't want to hear any of this. This None of this has anything to do with me and is frankly disgusting. Agata takes the big bag and puts it into her magic coin bag. So your dad's square with us. Speaking of uh, my dad, have you seen my dad? I have. He's a little guy. Uh, he's a weird, li- weird eyes. He's Likes got your strange drink. ears. No, yeah, I know that, but I just want to make sure he's not dead. I don't see him around us, do you? That was an oddly evasive answer, so I'm just going to ask you point blank. I'm going to look you in the eye, see if we trust you. Have you? It any... was a stupid question. I'm just checking, though. Have you at any point killed Da or asked someone else to kill Da? Well, I asked someone to kill Da if he does not pay up. Oh, but he's paid now. Yes. We, we've, we've got stuff to talk about. Things are afoot here. Afoot, you got that? He's got lots of feet. I got a point at fuck. Ooh, would you like one? No, all right. Come into my office. I have someone who wants to meet you. There's lots of people who want to meet us. None of them good. I have someone in my office right now who is waiting, and it's very rude that he's been kept waiting for so yes, long. Yes, we're heroes of Mage Handball. He can we almost certainly fans. hear us out here. Hello, There's... I'm Fook Wimbles. Hello, I'm Agatha. What? This is, this is... Come with us. This whole time, Finnick has been picking the door to the office? <laughs> There's no lock on it. That's <laughs> fine. He's doing it anyway. Hmm... <laughs> How is this locked? There's no lock. How? What have you done, little man? <laughs> He's removed the doorknob. Sorry, I, I, I thought it was unlocked. So I thought it was locked, so I locked it. I think I may have locked it. He kicks it open out of frustration, and you see, sitting at the captain's chair, in a way that Left Eye had once tried to do and failed, sitting with his back in the swivel chair, swiveling around. You see, a dwarf. Hello. My name is Hank. I would like to meet you. Hank extends his hand for a handshake. Pull that hand back unless you want to pull back a stump, son. I see what you're saying. You're a hugging man. No. I get it. Get no? your hands off me, boy. <laughs> you, you, he you, likes you, inappropriate hugs. I'm just saying. You're going to have to deal with this. Okay, yeah. we got to at least wave. Can you wave at me, please? Yeah, how's it going? Hey. Yeah, all right. So you're the ones that set the stadium on fire. No, to be fair, we didn't set the stadium on fire. The stadium accidentally caught on fire as a result of some misfortunate accidents in tinkering. Misfortunate, yes. Which, which, were, which were our fault. Your fault, okay. Yes. That's, yeah. they, to be fair, yeah. Yes, I believe there's a direct line of causality. Yeah, absolutely. So you caused the stadium to be set on fire. I get the sense of a bit of military background with you, just like mine. Yes, I'm a... Dwarven soldier, a former Dwarven soldier, but now I have a new calling, I assume you've told them all. 
Well, no, I was. He's, he's told us absolutely nothing. About you heard that? You heard us talking in the other room. The first time I mentioned you was. To like, be honest, I tuned out for most of it. He was trying to swindle us, so no, he wasn't talking oh. about you unless you're trying to swindle us. No, no, I, I don't want to. I thought you were going to handle the introduction, so all I had to do. Right, you just had to do the swivel, the dramatic swivel. Oh, you want me to do that again? No, no you, you okay, did it really here well. Here we go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you. Dramatic. What you see before you now is a dwarf who has is a bit battle scarred. You look very familiar, like someone I met short time ago. Is that a short joke? No, it's actually he has the memory of a goldfish, so that don't take that personally. Oh, okay. He and actually you're doesn't probably remember. taller than I am. Probably. But he's sitting down. It's very hard to tell. Uh, you, he has an ornate breastplate that seems to have. Even though you get the sense that he's a, a non-commissioned officer type, maybe a sergeant, this looks like it was fit for a general, as though he took it off someone in combat. Uh, he also wears a pair of bracers that, when he raises his hand, this would stick out to Agata. It is a gauntlet with an eye, the holy symbol of Helm. Ah, it looks like you stole that armor off of someone in the midst of combat. Uh, I would say that uh, I acquired it during combat. So like you were fighting him and he's just like, hey, here's my armor. No, more like, hey, don't do that. And then I struck him and uh, I took it. Yes, I usually wait until after combat to start raiding people's belongings. Yeah, it's an interesting time to take armor. You try and do it during a battle, you're going to fail. They're going to fight back. These people aren't from the military. They don't understand. I did it afterwards, yes. Oh, oh, after, okay. Did did you still leave him a fair price? Uh, Yes, I left him uh, in pieces. Is that fair? Ooh, the best way. Many gold pieces. As someone, Agata holds up her own gauntlet with the Eye of Helm. Cool. As someone, uh, (laughs) as someone who might take offense to you, Robbing the body of a fellow helm worshipper. May I ask where you got it? Oh, sure. Uh, it was a, it was a fort, manned by very rebellious clerics and paladins of these guys, these eye dudes. And uh, he uh, told everybody, "Here he comes!" And when he was doing that, I cranked him on the head, and then I took him. Here, who comes? Me. <laughs> you were attacking. Fair. That's me. Fort? I was attacking the fort. Oh, yes. sp- speaking of, uh, uh, since you're he, what's your yeah. name? Hold on, I'll do that chair thing again. <laughs> Hello. Ooh. My name is Morgram Brownfist. And Why I would like to know. Brown? Oh, oh. Oh, I don't know. It's a family name. But uh, but yes, I, I've had a lot of battles, but I'm here to offer you something more. Your life in exchange for those you took of my fellow Helm No, no, I think I thought about something else. Something you people might want. Ooh, long-lasting love and commitment. What do you possibly. mean, you people? You people. You group of people, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm talking to you people. These do, people do have you some not issues. Introduce me. I me? have a full dossier on these guys, and we are getting it light right now. He huh? introduced <laughs> you, but I'm considering whether or not to pull my sword on you right oh, now. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that. You would, wait till you hear what I have to offer. I, I actually have a concern as well at this point. You swiveled around and introduced yourself three times, and no Look, one let's has leave that no aside. One, no one has shaken my hand. I feel so much un. Agata shakes Hank's hand just to shut him up. You don't have to do that. That's gross. It's just worth sometimes make him stop. Do you see what I put up with traveling with civilians? I don't know how you manage. Eh, well, you tend to block it out. (laughs) No kidding. Well, shall we let them in on it? Right. Well, uh, we have a... We told you, you know, there's a door. We want that door open. This guy is going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. 
go with us. To keep an eye on the merchandise. No, yeah, no, the more the merrier. That's great. Yeah, come on. Basically, since you guys are apparently a bunch of royal screw-ups, I'm coming along to make sure that nothing happens. Well, I'm a knight of this realm or some other one, so I, I'm pretty good to go. But if I turn around again, you'll still be pretty impressed. Probably. Check it. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Someone's got to shake my hand now. In no. my defense, swivel chairs are rare. True. There is a bit of an impediment right now. There's full scale riot. I'll just. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. Full scale riot. Uh, whatever you guys did has woken things up down there. Uh, we won the game. Yeah. That's all we did. And you, you burned. You burned a lot. There's a lot of fire and there's a lot of violence. Right. All right. Well, we were indirectly the cause of that. There's a lot of anger. There are about 500 orcs fighting about 15,000 humans. That makes a lot of noise. <laughs> yes. Wakes things up. Mm. You remember that like unearthly glow that came from the ground? Oh, yes. Feeding it all that blood might not be wise. Yeah, no. It, it was not wise. Mm. We maybe left this a little too late. Really, we thought we had a long-term investment here. It is very short-term now. The entire time, Agata has been standing there glaring at the dwarf with her hand on her sword hilt. Right. Okay. Um... I can see that uh, you're a bit angry. Could I slake your anger with uh, with some daring do? Because I I think if we don't take care of this, things are going to get real bad. Well, you came to the right people because we sometimes stumble into success. No, no, this guy over here is the right person. I'm the one he's talking to. Good. Yeah. No, but we're friends now because you said we're going to well, travel together. Friends a strong word. We're, we're acquaintances with potential to grow. Very strong word. Our relationship so has... she uh, gets it. Uh, you know, our relationship has growth potential, and I'm very, uh, I'm very looking forward to what we could grow together. Can I trust you to, uh, to take these guys? I'm, I'm obviously going to stay here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the panic room. You have to. Yes. Well, at least one must remain. Finnick is picking the lock to the panic room. There is no lock on the panic room. Mm, then I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you panicking right now? Do you need some sort of... Uh, He'll hug you. Yeah, like a hug to calm me down, like massage. That is far more likely to give me anxiety than anything else. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, you listen to him. I'm learning. That's why I just... In, previously in my experience, everyone was always open for a hug. Oh, uh, can I ask, do you know how to read mythical books? Oh, yeah. You're Me? going. You're going to give this man who killed my people that book. Is it a ledger? Uh, well, no. It, it, we don't know. Actually, we it don't actually be. know. But you seem like a, a trustworthy military man. It Is it like erotica? Because I only read two kinds of books: ledgers and erotica. So. I really hope so. Again, we do not know, but you know. Do you some have something valuable back. you want me to look at? Well, I wasn't Perhaps talking to you, to actually. You. I was talking to our new friend here, our babysitter. Oh, me? Yes. Oh, I'll take a look at that book. Yes, whip it out. Hank presents the book. That doesn't take it out of his hands, just opens the pages. Oh, cool. That looks like a little house and a little man. Yeah, that was me. Otherwise, <laughs> it's entirely inscrutable to it. No, I don't know what this is, but I I did make out a house and a man. Perhaps what? it's about the man who lives in that house. And look at, the, look at the back page. One of them has a top hat. You know, when you flip those pages, it makes those things move. Yeah, Ooh. I know. Oh, I, I, I like them now. I'm going to put the book away, though. You should know, since you're joining us on an adventure, that uh, we're going through some marital problems at the moment, so uh, things might be a little tense here and there. Yeah, I just let him believe what he needs to. Yes, well, my husband is just uh, trying to uh, ruffle my feathers, which isn't wise with a vengeance paladin. To be fair, uh, 
you're not they're not actually married they just is under the mistaken well, yes, imp- the divorce is in progress well you know you kids today can do whatever you like really i mean i'm not one to stand in the way of progress what do you mean you kids Oh, you I still kids, have I'm older than you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still have tape all over my face. I look young. I forgot. Fook oh. removes the tape, which causes his face to sag, and suddenly all 380 years are visible to see. Oh, good. Well, yeah, I guess maybe we should all take a disguise. We're still in disguises from, you know, we, we may have some run-ins with the law. Oh, I understand that. So we should probably take our disguises off so we can uh, no, I'm build c- trust with you. I'm keeping my perfect glasses on. My half-wife fell apart. <laughs> Hank splashes some water on his face and his makeup pulls away, making him 20 years older, now looking like a 45-year-old man who has lived a hard 45. Oh, oh dear God. You might want to put that makeup back on, please. Mm. All I, that beauty. I used, it, I used it all up. I don't think I can do it again. I don't worry about disguises anymore. I just let the years live on my face. Yes, well, I really have no other choice. I'm out of tape. Ooh, you should find some tape. <laughs> Moving through the streets, the as you get closer and closer to where the Tabor Hill grounds are, there are people fighting everywhere. There are bodies on the ground. There are smashed in wind. There's not a single pane of glass left in any building. This is not the unusual reaction over a good game win, is it? I mean, it's like it's a little bit worse, but uh, the riots, sports riots, are sports riots. An orc runs screaming down the street, holding two burning heads in his hand. <laughs> no, that's that's actually much worse than usual. This has been a step up. It's almost as if the fire you caused and the riot that resulted is powering up some sort of evil. Is that what's happening? It seems to be. Finnick, as they are moving through the streets, is uh, quickly looting each body as he goes to see if he could find anything cool. Um, well, if by cool you mean the last personal effects that next of kin would dearly love to have, then yes, you find plenty of those. Great. And Fook is stopping by anyone who seems to be near death and giving them a, a little bit of a boost so that they might survive the day. Fook's medical skills are enough to uh, keep a few people who are on the edge from tipping over, but you can't do everything for everyone. Now, are we going to go straight down this little hole thing or are we going to rest? Because my spells are depleted. Do we have time? Do we want to die? Also, I want to kind of go see if I can find my da, if he's still alive. That would be wise, and there's a beautiful little, little dog bed there, just waiting for a gnome. We could probably use some rest if we're going to descend into some caves of suicidal intentions with this dwarf who I may want to kill later. I like this. You're all psyched up for an adventure and nothing like starting <laughs> with a big nap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think we counted on uh, going straight from the uh, the game to uh, to a dungeon crawl. So, you can force your way to Beeston's boarding house, which is across the street from the burned out ruins, which is now just a field of horrors. Uh, I won't get into them here, f- lest they scar your minds. Thank you. <laughs> but have you have you ever been to Burning Man? Now imagine how angry all those hipsters make you feel, and that's what you see. This field is full of burning men. (laughs) Quite literally. There are piles of them. But you get to the door of Beeston's boarding house, and Beeston recognizes you. And Da is sitting on his shoulders with a crossbow. And as they open the door, he fires a few bolts, and there are people running up behind you who are taken out, and their heads snap back as the bolts go into their eyes. Da! 
Where'd you learn how to shoot that? Oh, hey, me boy. Hey, there's a lot you don't know about your old dad. Let's get inside quickly. Now tell me, do you have the winnings? Wait we a pay- minute. You said that you didn't want to do this whole thing because you thought we'd have skills you didn't. Clearly, you've got skills, sir. Mad skills, I do. But, uh, well, uh, foreheads better than one, so they say. <laughs> Dad. Oh, oh, get in before you die. We paid off your bets and your owing directly, so you don't have to worry about it. Oh, that's fantastic. Everything's worked out wonderfully for us. Yes, you can go back to wherever it is you came from. Oh, I plan to. Was there anything else more you said? Like, I, I got what I needed. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's get out of here, shall we? Oh, it looks like this guy's still alive. He's, you know, he's still good. I'm going to help him up. I'm going to help him up a little bit. Oh, by the way, this is a uh, brown fart. Fist. Sorry. Brown fist. Ooh, it's brown a little fist. early to be doing that. Maybe once we get to know each other. Uh, <laughs> is this how it's going to be the whole trip? Yes, pretty much. With him, yes. Wonderful. Yep. This is my da. Oh, hey, what's up? Oh, how, how do you do? How do you do? Can you perhaps loan me a few gold for nope. the past? Don't, no, 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 no. Da. Dark information, da. Go back to what? The information you owe us. Oh, yes, uh, well... Turns out that uh, the the stadium across the street it was uh, built upon a upon an ancient crypt. Uh, apparently, there were some dark doings as a as a very holy man did some very unholy things. Yeah, no, we, we knew that. That's why we were going there. Yes, he became a lich. We know. We figured that out. You're telling us nothing we didn't already know. Yes, but it was valuable that you did all that work for me, wasn't it? And oh. look at what it's accomplished. As he <laughs> gestures towards the. Uh, the burning piles of bodies across the street. Well, I appreciated that information. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Oh, yes, we probably should fill you in on a few things. Like the lich thing? Oh, yes, there's a lich. Oh, cool. Yes. Well, and- we don't... We think that he... Well, the story goes that uh, there was an attempt of a, of, a, of a cleric to become something darker and more permanent, so you say. But as he never rose, we think maybe he failed. Wait, maybe someone sealed him in. Maybe that seal was not his doing. Yeah, it sounds like he might still be down there. Stewing yeah. away over the centuries. Best Gross. to leave him, I would think. Mm. Oh, no, but maybe he's, like, super lonely down there. Like, how long has he been down there? Like, a hundred years? Yes. Oh, several hundreds. Yeah, yes, no. Hank, why don't you go down there and hug him? Yeah, give that guy a hug. <laughs> yes, a good plus three hug. Yeah, get right on it. I was gonna. So, no? Uh, I shouldn't? Yes, you should. Go. I suggest you go look, right now. Touch look, every part of him. Look, just because a guy is an undead wizard doesn't mean he's not also a nice guy. Well, for the time being, I'm just going to go get some sleep, and then we can head over. So if, if anyone just happens to want to share a dog bed, um, there's plenty of space in there for a little person. No, thank you. I'm going to bed. I'm just going to stress, all of the full-size beds are available. I've made my choice. Fair enough. I think I'll just hang out with Dad and see what more information I can get, so I can get on the same page as you guys. I I wouldn't I wouldn't believe everything he says because most of what he says is 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 not so truthful. True, but he does seem like the one not idiot in the room. Well, you oh. don't know him well yet. You want to hear something clever? Absolutely. Oh God. There's no possible way that they can sell all this beer before it goes bad, so somebody's got to drink it tonight. <laughs> It'll be you, won't it? <laughs> oh, it surely will. Uh, you'll be lucky to get a drop. I think he has a problem. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you a dry dwarf? Yeah. Wow. Well, I drank a lot during the war, and you know, I toasted all of my dead friends, and now I'm just kind of on my own. Hmm. Unusual. You, you burnt your dead friends? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. 
They're dead. Yeah. Seems, seems like a waste. Well, I had a nice, you know, funeral pyre for them. It was wonderful. Mm. Well, this got this got very sad. So I, it did. <laughs> I'm just gonna drink myself to a blackout and hope that the, the unspeakable horrors just happening outside that door just don't make their way in here. Uh, if I don't see you be after I wake up, uh, say hi to the family in Sorrowwind. Well, I'll try not to tell them what the disappointment you've been to me. Oh, Hank, do you have some sort of magical way of sealing that door? Oh yeah, no, I could cast an arcane lock on it, and then no one can get through unless they got magics. Awesome. I'm going to go do that. So you hunger down for the night, and the eight hours passes so quickly, it's almost like we're not wasting any time at all. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) As dawn creeps over the land, it is quiet. As you open the door, you see smoke silently rising. I realize now I locked the door, but that there's a hole next to the door. That probably didn't do us any good. Yes, that woman named Dawn kept wandering through. Yeah. The remains of Tabor Hill grounds are transformed. The grass is scorched. The turrets of the grandstand are as though they were skeleton teeth. And there are piles of bodies. And around these piles of bodies, in a daze, are hundreds of people. Silently. Standing still. Gazing towards the clubhouse where you know the entrance to be. Well, this isn't going to be good, is it? No one explains to me that Mage Handball had this part to it. I mean, this isn't normally part of, you know, regular season play. Maybe a playoff thing. I've never been to the playoffs before. It's kind of creepy, actually. Are they all, like, servants now of the thing? I don't know. They might as well all be shaped like an arrow pointing at the thing. I think we know where the entrance is. Yeah, but won't they be able to watch us? We discovered it under the floors of the clubhouse. But look, I'm just going to give one a push. It's... Resumes its position, not even acknowledging you. Look at that. Oh, cool. Finnick trips one. It not moving doesn't trip over anything. Oh, well, let's <laughs> not pick on these poor people. You are able to make your way through the throng, the silent throng, the throng of thralls, even, if you will, to the clubhouse. Inside the clubhouse are the dismembered remains of the players who were made ill by you. They had been waiting in the clubhouse for an invite to the after party when the after party broke in on them. Oh, Fat Hobbit, you beautiful bastard. Oh, him you remember. Well, it's a funny name. (laughs) (laughs) Standing above the slats of wood that are over what you know to be this skull-shaped door, you almost feel a hum now. I'm tingling. You're always tingling. Yes, but not in a good way this time. Fook raises his axe and makes short work of the slats of wood. Your drawn-on real door that you use the magical pigments on is still there. Well, it's now or never. Who's uh, who's it, down for this? Well, we didn't know how to open it, so I'm looking at you, Fisty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has, in a velvet sack, a large, round gemstone that fits quite nicely into one of the empty nostrils of this skull-shaped door. Here we go. So you're shoving things up its nose? That's that's how you unlock the door. Don't we need two of them, then? That's oh, a yeah. weird lock. Well, no. some men just have one. It's fine. It works. But there's two nostrils. One thing shoved in one of their nostrils? 
Vin, it's a magic door. It doesn't have to go by your rules of how many gems to how many noses. Well, yeah, but it just seems a little um, asymmetrical for something yes, magical. Well, it, it's opening. You can hear the gr- gears grinding away down there. The jaws of the skull begin to part as the bottom teeth fold back to become the first steps on a staircase leading. There you go, right there. In the nose and down the mouth. Classic door. Oh, God, stairs. <laughs> yes, Fook is not a fan of stairs. I well, don't know well, if you Well, my that. knees aren't a fan of stairs. Finnick tentatively touches the toe to the first step. It feels suspiciously like a stair. What are you doing? It's not a pool. (laughs) Uh, Just testing the waters, so to speak. Yes, Finnick, I think you should go first and you should be searching for traps just in case. Finnick tentatively puts his foot down on the second step. This one's tricky because it is also a step. And it continues to do this all the way down. This is going to take hours. <laughs> I'm really concerned. What if it just stares all the way down? What's oh, yeah. Real concern. Get out of my way. <laughs> uh, you descend into darkness. Those of you who are not naturally gifted with dark vision will not be able to see anything. Hank casts his spell of dancing lights, the one he's seen before that can make a dance party. And a number of dancing orbs of brightly colored lights dance around them. This is going to make it really festive as we explore this dungeon. Oh, this is a lot better than the first one you did, with just like the blinking orange ones. Yeah, no, I've been working on it for a while, because I used to just use it as like a warning sign, but now it's like, party spell. The uh, the disco-style lighting allows you to see that you uh, there are flagstone floors, sort of mossy masonry. It is very narrow, only about one of normal size of you can pass through the halls. Uh, as the stairs get down, down so deep, there's a path going to your right and a path going to your left. Ooh, uh, before we go down, can you block off the door at the front so none of those weirdos come in and stumble down these stairs? They didn't seem like they were moving that fast. I just want to be sure this is a dangerous place to wander into. Maybe put up a little velvet rope. Maybe just to keep something from coming down the stairs behind us. Also wise. Look, I'll find, you know, stairs don't bother me. I'll go all the way back up the stairs. I'll close the door. And I'll tie the door closed. There were six stairs. <laughs> <laughs> the really rest of you, tall stairs. The party just <laughs> looks to each other and nods as you remind yourself of all the times you've spent hours and hours on staircases. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as work for those thighs. Uh, Finnick touches on his uh, slippers of spider climbing so that he can walk above folks so that they don't have to do it single file. Agata is keeping the party ahead of her, especially Brown Fist, because she's still suspicious of him. Left for Sinister. Righty tidy, lefty loosey. So, keeping it loose, <laughs> you turn to the left and you come to another left turn. And that turn leads you to a wooden door with a mysterious looking rune. Hank dips into his knowledge of Arcana to try to figure out what the rune is about. You've seen something like this before in your studies. Uh, you were never really much of an arcanist, mainly more of a mechanist. But you would have seen this in a, a rune glossary, and it is a warning. But it you remember it being very confusing. Yeah, no, this is definitely something that we should keep our heads up about. Like, it's some sort of danger here. Finnick, could you check the door for traps for us? Oh, and Fisty... Uh, before we continue, uh, since we might be going up against a lich, do you have any magical weapons? I got this great axe. 
It's great. Ooh. He's pretty impressed by just about everything. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm no. an axe fanatic. Oh, true. There you go. No, I think he's just normally surprised because he doesn't remember. He doesn't always remember things that well, so oh. he's always surprised by everything. You can tell that the seam on this door where the, the on the door jam is if you opened it, this rune would no longer be whole. The rune, if you opened the door, it would break the rune. Hank? Yeah? What is this rune all about? Well, I know it's some sort of warning, but most of the time if you, like, break a rune, sometimes that'll activate a spell. Like an explosion? Or it'll make a spell that's already there stop. So, Fisty, why don't you take care of this? We'll we'll be back in a minute. Yeah, I don't think that's... I, I don't know a lot, but I'm, I know we don't break a rune. Uh, I was just testing you. Does anyone have a, a way of mage-handing this or maybe an unseen servant, something like that? No, nah, they took away my contact bat. Well, I wasn't looking at you because you're magically, like, dead to the world. Ouch. Well, that's not an insult. It's just your skills are otherwhere. Finnick huffily walks up the wall out of sight above them. This is why the marriage didn't work. Well, there's always the other direction, dummies. There is the other direction. I feel like if there's something sealed in, maybe it's that evil, evil dude guy. I mean, that seems kind of early in the dungeon for it to be like the, the main guy. Like, why would he put his door right at the front? Like, your, your bedroom's upstairs in the back of your house, not like... Yes, well, why waste you're... time building a huge dungeon if you just need two rooms and a hallway? Well, there's clearly another direction that might have a non-sealed door. I mean, we can give that a try. Sure. Let's give that a try. So if you go back, you will find yourself in a long corridor... As Fook watches them walk away, he pushes the door open. Fook, in your brain, you felt a fog rolling over. Ooh, that was a familiar feeling. It met the other fog in your brain, got intimidated by its size, and rolled on back. You felt that something in this room tried to attack your mind, and it failed. Guys, the door's open. Look, did you open the door I told you not to open? What the hell? Uh, no, it just did it on its own. Now, what if that had been an exploding door? Well, I'd have exploded. What if that had been a door that, like, makes a monster show up and then it eats everybody? Look, I've been doing this for 380 years. Yeah, but you don't remember what you did. Wait, you've been doing this for 380 years? How are you still alive? Maybe, how would I know? He makes a good point. As the door opened, you felt a rush of wind as the magical seal let in air that had never... sorry about that had never been able to enter this room. And as that sort of breeze hits it, it wakes something up. Some things up. Oh, now, oh, so now yeah. it does sound like there's a monster in there <laughs> that you totally did wake up. Yeah. Fook closes the door. <laughs> yes, well, now it's open, so closing the actual door is not going to stop anything. They're awake and they're going to come eat us. Well, well no. yeah, but he had to push it in and thus they'd have to pull it and you can't pull oh, it if there's yeah, no handle. It's a, good one. No, it's a I killing got, one. I got this, I got this guys. Hank runs up to the door that they have closed and casts Arcane Lock on it. Because it was a magically sealed door, it is immune to other magical effects on it. Because you have already awoken what was inside, and you hear screaming. Oh, great going, Fook. Great going. Two screams. There's two screams in there. And the first non-dancing disco light you have seen in this as two flaming skulls begin flying towards you. As Fook stands in the doorway, what he sees is a room about 50 feet wide and 65-ish feet long. It's uh, basically an empty rectangle, and these two flaming skulls are coming from the other side of the room. Finnick pulls out his short bow, takes aim at the first flaming skull, and looses an arrow. Arrow flies and hits the first of the flame skulls. 
but it singes a bit as it gets close to it and doesn't quite do what you would think would be the full damage of your blow. Kind of cackles and laughs it off. Yeah, shucks. He pulls out a prophylactic and tosses it at it to see if it'll do anything else. It has no effect except landing on the head of Fook. Now's hardly the time for flirting. The first one cackles that has just been hit. He's laughing off your blow. And from his mouth, a large ball of fire shoots towards all of you. The small burst of flame, the little fireball, makes its way into the doorway and explodes in just an ever-expanding sphere of fire that burns all in its way. Uh, Finnick flattens himself against the ceiling, and the orb of fire just grazes his chest and singes some hair. Agata flattens herself against the cavern wall. Hank makes a scowling face at Fook for getting them into this predicament, but takes the full brunt of the fire and loses his (laughs) eyebrows. Fook actually takes the full brunt since he's the one standing in the door and his armor glows orange. (laughs) Brown fist is covered in flame and shaking his head at everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The second flame skull uh, flies up with its buddy and catch the spell that you see another fireball come out. You brace yourselves for its impact, expecting the same. You close your eyes and doesn't quite seem to do that except the doorway is now engulfed in a big circle of flame he has cast flaming sphere on the doorway as you get a chance to see this sort of dancing ball of fire in front of you and you think it's about to do nothing the flame skull cackles again rocks back and then forward right into fook wimbles he misjudges the rock forward and it stops right in front of fook Fook is blowing on it as hard as he can. (laughs) Fook is now convinced that he has the power to blow flame back. (laughs) (laughs) Aha! Brown Fist says, Out of my way, fools! Runs through the flaming sphere and takes a big swing at the first flaming skull. It's Fook, not fools. I can see how you could make that mistake. His axe almost sings as it cuts through the air. And because this is such a bright, flaming target, he can't help but hit it square on the forehead, sending a just a shockwave of vibration through it. As before it laughed off the previous blow, this time it shudders and seemingly has to shake off. As much as something that doesn't have eyes, you can feel like its eyes are rolling back in its head. Take that, skull. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you have proven yourself. Thanks. Fook is going to run through the fire towards the other one and make an attack with his axe. As he swings his axe and sees it's going to connect, connects himself to his god to enhance the uh, to enhance the power of his swing. You catch this in the about the hinge of its jaw, and the lower jaw falls off. It is now trying to cackle, but it's losing a lot of the like the clackety clack of its teeth, and it is the flame is almost spurting out, and there's like dark smoke as its power is diminished significantly. It is still up. Imagine a drone that is running low on batteries. This thing is having a hard time keeping itself up in the air. I got a. Uh summons her god's power and throws a guiding bolt right at the first skull that she sees. Because it no longer has a lower jaw, you aim a bit low and it misses. And this guiding bolt 
ricochets off the walls and everybody has to kind of duck so it doesn't hit them uh it bounces one to the other to the other to the other and just sort of puffs out in the in a nothing at your feet uh, just checking our reflexes guys more like an unguiding bolt yeah no one believes that and agata with your connection to your god uh, which normally is sort of a connection of respect because Helm is like a very, he's a watcher, you know, Helm is always watching. You feel that that watching eye just rolls just a little bit at you. Hank, seeing way more fire than he is comfortable with, decides to cast Gust of Wind towards the room, trying to blow out all the flames that have been created. Thanks! You're welcome. This gust, you are able to blow this sphere of flame away and by away i mean into the darkness where you think it should be giving off light but it just poofs into nothing in the corner Ooh, that's ominous no it was fire blow of flames it's a like fire control i'm a fire marshal for my uh for my floor uh finnick realizing that his wooden arrows have no effect on these flaming skulls uh pulls out a dagger a regular dagger and throws it at the eye of the jawless skull this dagger pings off the eye it staggers a bit but man but it seems almost like it's shaking it off it, if it had shoulders it'd be rolling those shoulders up and sort of pumping itself up finnick realizing that it didn't do enough pulls out his water skin and just tries to splash water on it you now have no water and it is fine shucks <laughs> 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 ah, well the one we will call chompy without its lower jaw turns on fook its eye sockets glow he doesn't turn me on that much. And it just stares a ray of fire directly into the face of Fook. Fook ducks just in time. Its its entire uh, sense of weight and movement is off, so its aim is off because it no longer has the counterbalance of its lower jaw, and it aims high. and just goes right over Fook's head. The other one... The one that I rattled. Yes. Is going to do exactly the same thing to you. As it's doing it, it feels just doesn't feel that same confidence it once had. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of uh, it begins the attack well, and then sort of peters out halfway through, and you see like just a shower of sparks coming at you, and it just falls at your feet, doing nothing. The flame skulls turn to each other. Well, this isn't what they promised us at all. No, it isn't. I, we were told that we'd have unending power in the burning flame. As the skull sits in front of Brownfist as if it was on a tee, Brownfist rears back his great axe and takes a mighty swing. You slash into this, you connect, and you cut open its skull, and there's flame now coming from the inside of its skull, and you almost, you're almost certain that here it goes, Why? And it is now just as desolate-looking and worse for wear as its companion but still barely floating. Fook, having seen a much larger axe just do something very impressive, raises his own smaller axe <laughs> uh, and looks at the jawless one in front of him, crosses every finger he has, and takes a swing, hoping to not look terrible in front of their guest. Fook, because he tries so hard, takes his eye off the target for just a second, and the blade of Thunderstruck just glides through the air. Fook feels bad, but then remembers he has two attacks and goes again. And that twenty's that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to roll very poorly. All right. Making up for lost time, 
Fook swings his axe and the black smoke that comes off of this thing just flares into like almost a fire as he swings at this thing and just knocks the top of the cranium off and it goes skittering across the ground. You almost feel like you hear what sounds like a musical instrument hitting some dark and heavy riff as you connect and destroy the flame skull. There are bits of tooth flying everywhere. What was once cranium is gone. It is dead. Ooh, some of those fillings were gold. Uh, Agata casually saunters up to the last skull that's on the ground, barely alive, and just looks down and puts her sword right through the top of its head. You skewer this thing into the ground. The flame goes out. The darkness returns. The silence falls. The victory spreads upon all of you. Hey, Hank, you got those dancing lights around? I'm, I'm still doing the wind thing. I'm still putting out all the little sparks. Hank continues to rotate the gust of wind spell around the room, trying to put out every spark in the room. Uh, don't put out every spark we can't see still. I can. Ooh, so can I, except for my allergies. Be careful with the dust. Okay, oh. okay, I'm done. Now dancing lights party. Hank casts the dancing lights again, and this time there are so many colors. Uh, Finnick uh, darts around the room and picks up all the golden teeth. There's uh, three golden teeth. Uh, they're not very valuable. They're also very old. So this is very dark, but for the dancing lights, you can see in the direction that the flame skulls came from are two headless skeletons with tattered hundreds of years old robes around them. Where do you think the the heads went? Well, we just killed the heads, but why wouldn't they keep the rest of them attached? Or why aren't they flaming? Yeah, yeah, that would have been a, that would have made a bit of a more formidable opponent. Opponent? Uh, you mean opponent? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, that's what you mean. Yes, if I'm going to be flaming, I want to be flaming from head to toe. This has been Caverns and Comedians. Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Starring Oliver Georgiou as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. And special guest Nug Nargang as Mogram Brownfist. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, theme music by Derek Baldwin and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com and please rate, share, and review the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'll take off uh, all my makeup. Hank splashes some water on his face. Right into the mic. (laughs) I didn't need to do those hand motions. (laughs) (laughs) They were really pretty, though. Yeah. Hello, this is Nug Nargang from Illusionoid, and if you like improvised comedy and old-style sci-fi radio, then Illusionoid is the podcast for you. Each week, we start with a title and improvise a completely new sci-fi comedy adventure. Tune in weekly for the grand adventures of Illusionoid, and maybe you can prevent the future from happening. What's up, everybody? I'm Richard. And I'm Sean. And we are coming at you from the Language of Bromance podcast, a show about platonic love and 
and all the funny that goes along with it. We are a comedy podcast that will go out and find all kinds of stories or events in history and kind of put a little improv spin on it. Basically, Richard and I will put ourselves in these stories and try to make as much funny as we can about them. And fail miserably at it. <laughs> Every now and then. <laughs> so check us out on iTunes, Pocket Cast, or anywhere you get your podcast. We come out every single Sunday. Which, Richard, how long have we been doing this for? That would be two and a half years. 126 straight weeks. So you can guarantee every Sunday is going to be Bromance Sunday. Sunday's the day for bromance. 